This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We've begun a new sermon series called Get a Grip. In today's program, we'll talk about soul care. We hope you'll continue to listen. Today our message is Get a Grip on Soul Care. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? God of mercy, wisdom, and strength, we come before your throne of grace this day with the confidence of a child approaching a loving father. We are weak, but you are strong. We so easily get confused, but you know exactly what we need. So through your word, speak to our souls today. We need you. Amen. Our reading for today is from Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 28. These are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Dear friends, let me tell you a tragic story. When I was younger, I owned a beautiful little 1965 VW Bug. My grandfather had given me that car my senior year of college in 1976. It had been his for many years. It only had 30,000 miles on it. I loved that car. And for many years, I took good care of it, and it took good care of me. Finally, I had to sell it about nine years later when Julie and I decided we needed to become a one-car family for a while when our firstborn arrived. I ended up selling it to the neighbor who purchased it for his teenage daughters to drive, and they were so excited to get this cute little car. Unfortunately, I lived across the street from them, and I began to see that that car was uh, not being taken care of very well. Little by little, I watched it disintegrate before my very eyes as these girls drove it around and mistreated it. One day they had it out in the high school parking lot and some boys jumped on the sideboards and broke them off the side of the car. I noticed dents, scratches. It just didn't look good. And then one day I asked them, why aren't you driving it? And one of them said, you didn't tell us we had to check the oil, that it needed oil. They'd burned the engine up. Tragic. I hope those girls learned a valuable lesson. Maintenance matters. Not just for cars, it's important for all kinds of things, including people. Lack of it can cause some major breakdowns in our lives. For instance, our bodies need maintenance. They get tired and run down and exhausted if we don't give them proper rest and diet and exercise. 
Our minds need maintenance as well. They can get tired when they never turn off. Many of us live with this constant information overload. I, I came across this little article. It says, if you feel overloaded, you're not crazy, you're normal. But you may feel distracted, frustrated, or half sick because the average office worker gets 220 messages a day in emails, memos, phone calls, interruptions, and advertisements. No wonder a survey of 1,300 managers on four continents found that one-third of the managers suffer from ill health as a direct consequence of stress associated with information overload. We find ourselves checking our messages all the time if you have one of those cell phones. First thing in the morning, last thing at night. When I get caught up in that and I find that it gets me more tired because some days I get messages late and then they bug me and I can't sleep at night. And Facebooking is so popular these days. I recently read a story in the newspaper about the effects of Facebooking. The American Psychological Association recently released a study on social media use and its impact on American stress levels. And nowadays, 43% of Americans say they're checking their emails, texts, or social media accounts constantly, and their stress levels are paying the price for it. They're higher than the average person by several percentage points. People are spending enormous amount of time in front of a computer screen, too, and even a television screen with all kind of junk on it, which will take a toll on one's mind. And finally, our, our soul needs maintenance. In the early days of uh, Methodism, when John Wesley had started it, uh, they had these class meetings, kind of the original small groups, and Wesley always had them ask this question of each other, how is it with your soul? How would you answer that? Some are puzzled by soul talk, asking, uh, what is a soul anyway? Maybe you'll find this definition helpful. It's the deepest part of you, your inner being, and it's a combination of your whole person. It's what makes you, you. Dallas Willard, who is a respected Christian scholar on soul matters, says the human soul seeks to combine our will, our mind, and body into an integral whole person. It seeks to connect us with other people, with creation, and with God himself who made us to be rooted in him the way a tree is rooted by a life-giving stream. Our soul, you see, has the capacity to um, pull together all the parts of us into a whole life. It's something like a program that runs a computer. You don't usually notice it until it gets messed up. And it craves refreshment and rest. It needs God. As Augustine said in the early days of Christendom, our souls are restless until they rest in thee. And when it starts to disintegrate, all of life gets kind of out of whack and crazy. There, there are indicators of soul fatigue in people's lives. For instance, things seem to bother you more than they should during those times. And it's hard to make up your mind about even simple decisions. You have impulses to eat or drink or spend or crave that are, are harder to resist than they otherwise would be. You're likely to favor short-term gains in ways that will leave you with long-term costs. Your judgment suffers. You find yourself with less courage. You feel like I'm coming apart at the seams. And 
you feel far from God. I came across this story of a, a witness, a testimony of a fatigued, a disintegrated soul in a book I read recently. He says, when I was young, I had finished college and started life. I was married. I had children. I got a job as a financial analyst for an investment firm in Manhattan. I monitored the world. Currencies were my specialty. I would place bets on what the yen was going up and when the euro was going down. And I had monitors that kept me in touch with every time zone, every hour of the day. My cell phone was on vibrate 24 hours a day because a window can open and close at any time. My boss was a remarkable man, one of the inventors of the hedge fund, which can enable investors to make money on anything, whether the price goes up or down. Everybody who worked in the firm was 20 years younger than he was. We would sometimes sleep on cots in our offices to be able to pull the trigger on deals in a heartbeat. I got more money for Christmas bonuses than my dad ever dreamed of making in a lifetime. My family lived in an apartment not far from Central Park. The kids went to a private school. We bought a place in the suburbs to escape to on weekends. I'd wake up at 5 a.m., start a coffee IV, and live on adrenaline all day long. My wife did most of the day-to-day -day stuff with the kids. We had a kind of inside-outside arrangement where I was Mr. Outside. I had only one secret. I heard voices. One voice, actually. It came at random. I could never make out what it was saying. Whenever it spoke, something else was going on or someone else was making noise or I was on my way somewhere. And it bothered me, but I couldn't figure it out. When I would be still to try to catch it, I heard nothing. I, it was like footsteps behind a character in a movie. As soon as the character stops to see if there really are footsteps, the footsteps stop too. And one day, though, when I got home from work, I heard it clearly. It said, I am your soul, and I am dying, and I didn't hear it again for many years. There are too many damaged souls like that living in our soul-damaged world these days. The problem is the world doesn't teach us to pay attention to what really matters. We need to remember that the most important thing about you is not the things you achieve, it's the person that you become. So what are we to do for soul care? To get a grip on our souls. In the reading I shared with you earlier from Matthew 11, we find Jesus offering help for the soul. It's an invitation to people who are getting jerked around by life and trying to meet impossible demands. First, he says to them, come to me. Who's me? We're talking about Jesus Christ, the one who lived and died and rose again, who has all authority in heaven and on earth, who loves you, who gave his life for you at the cross for your forgiveness. He's the specialist in soul care. And because he made you, he knows what makes you work and what you need. He says, come to me, move towards me, trust me with your life, follow me. And he's speaking to those who are weary and feeling burdened, those who are tired of carrying such a heavy load in life. He says, and I'll give you rest. Now, what kind of rest is he describing? Some might think, well, he's talking about our eternal rest in heaven. We talk about may this person rest in peace. Could be, I suppose. 
Someone might ask, is he talking about physical rest? No, because following Jesus, we know, involves carrying a cross. And that's not restful. What he's talking about, though, is rest for your soul. Listen to his words. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden's light. This whole business of yoke. A student symbolically accepted a teacher's yoke back in those days. You would submit to your teacher, become a disciple, an apprentice, a learner. So Jesus is saying, learn from me, be schooled by me, be my apprentice, listen, watch, and apply. Don't be afraid. I'm gentle and humble. You can trust me. What comes to mind as he says these words is the image of Jesus riding into Jerusalem, humbly on that donkey, to sacrifice his life for you and me. And you will find rest for your soul, Jesus says, refreshment, renewal of your inner person, strengthened to face the things that life throws at you. And he says, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You won't be oppressed or crushed by my yoke because you're yoked to me, to my indestructible, resurrected life. You see, this statement is an invitation to come and learn from Jesus how to live our total lives, how to find rest for our souls, how to invest all our time and energies of will and mind and body as he did, to a Approach life with the same general strategy as his. By following his preparations and habits that enabled him to receive his father's constant and effective support while doing his will, making him able to keep his calm and his peace in his crazy demanding ministry. I don't know if you've noticed this or not in your reading of the gospel stories about Jesus, but Jesus had spiritual habits that the disciples observed and picked up on just like he wanted them to. For instance, do you notice how Jesus was constantly turning off the noise in his life? What I mean by this is silence and solitude. He was always going off by himself. He knew the power of being still, of disconnecting from the noise and simply being in the presence of his heavenly Father, surrendering himself, doing absolutely nothing but being with God. Scripture is giving us this truth earlier on, be still and know that I am God. Eugene Peterson, a Christian author that I enjoy, says, two commands direct us from the small-minded world of self-help to the large world of God's help. First, come behold the works of the Lord. Take a long, scrutinizing look at what God is doing. This requires patient attentiveness and energetic concentration. Everybody else is noisier than God. The headlines, the neon lights, the amplification systems of the world announce human works, but what, what about God's works? They are unadvertised, but also inescapable if we simply stop and look. They're everywhere, and they are marvelous. God has no public relations agency. He mounts no publicity campaign to get our attention. He simply invites us to be still and look. 
The second command is be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Quit rushing through the streets long enough to become aware that there's more to life than your little self-help enterprises. When we're noisy and when we're hurried, we are incapable of intimacy, deep, complex, personal relationships with God and others. And if, if God is the living center of redemption, it's essential that we be with, in touch with it and responsive to that personal will. If God has a will for this world and we want to be in on it, we must be still long enough to find out what it is. We're not going to learn by watching the evening news. A wise man had a wise word about this when he said nothing was ever accomplished in a stampede. Be still and know that I am God. When was the last time you took a walk out in God's creation and just took notice of his marvelous work? Or found a quiet place to just be silent, to just be with God? Jesus also meditated on the Word of God, the wilderness temptations, the pressures. He always had a, a word that he would lean on for strength. We, we know that from the temptation story. Scripture was in his heart. And he was always off praying. Remember, before he went to the cross, he went to the garden to pray. Prayed before all kinds of things that he was facing. Corporate worship. So he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. And the disciples learned and applied and found it to be a valuable teaching for their souls. So they passed it on to others, and it's been passed down through the ages. People have been discovering this is good stuff for the soul, which is so prone to get fatigued. So my personal question for you today is, how is your soul these days? Is it fatigued? Is it well-rested? Is it totally out of commission? The appeal today is really quite simple. Jesus wants to give you rest for your soul. Take his yoke, learn from him, enter into his habits. You know you can trust him because he, he gave his life for you at a cross to restore your relationship with God. And he rose again, God's affirmation. He wants you to be able to answer that question, how is it with your soul, with, it is well with my soul just like the hymn. Years ago, a book was written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which was a classic, and it was entitled The Cost of Discipleship. Have you ever stopped to consider the cost of non-discipleship? A shrinking, shriveling, fatigued soul with no strength and no joy. So I invite you, I encourage you, sign up for Christ's soul care class today and learn from him, and you will find rest for your soul. That's the promise. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the gracious invitation to come to you and find rest for our souls. In the days ahead, help us to be disciples who not only hear your words of truth, but actually apply them in our daily lives. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to grow in grace as we use these spiritual habits of Jesus for the maintenance of our own souls. In his name we ask this, and we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to place yourself in Jesus' hands and trust Him to refresh your tired soul. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit, listener supported radio ministry. In order for us to better know our listening audience, we invite your response to the program. If Christian Crusaders has touched your life in some way, we invite you to call or write. Send your letter to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613, or by email to cc at nas.org. That's cc at nas.org. You may also telephone us toll-free at 1-888-693-2484. We invite you to visit us on the Internet. Be sure to share Christian Crusaders with a friend, relative, or neighbor. By making more people aware of this ministry, we can share the word and spread the light of the gospel so no one walks in darkness. Our Internet address is www.christiancrusaders.org. CDs and printed copies of today's program are available free of charge. However, a gift to help defer production and mailing cost is always appreciated. Address your request to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service has been our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.